Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Drought Thralio, the ex-academy manager of Benfica, for a deep dive inside his career today. Joe, welcome to the show. Hello, Connor. Thank you for the invitation. It's uh, really a pleasure for me to, to be here with you. Of course, Joe, I mean, you've spent a remarkable part of your career, I think, spanning 18 years at Benfica. But before we dive into that, I mean, Joe, as a young boy, how did you first encounter football? What's your earliest football memory? Yeah, it was funny because uh, I my memories about football uh, those since I since I remember myself. Uh, I was a kid who I would like to play on the street with my friends, with my family. And it was really it was really a passion that begins at, at the age of when I when I started to know myself, the memories come so back to, to this to, to this stage. And then uh, I played in amateur level as a youth, as a youth player. Uh, I became first team player, but not the, the professional level, amateur level. And then I went to the university. I went to the sports university, and. In my education, I found myself in a position that uh, I could be a coach, I could be a football coach, I could be linked with football again without being a player. Because I, I love to play, I love to be a player, but I wanted to be something different football in sports. That's why I went to the university to be physical education teacher. But then I found in, in the position, like I told you, I found the position to be a coach because I was one of the best students in the first year of the university. And our university at the moment, at that moment, they had a, a protocol with Benfica, Benfica schools. They called Benfica schools, like a younger academy for the, the kids who pay to, to be there and to learn football, then to have the dream to be players of Benfica the real academy you see competing and so on and uh, I went there with that protocol I, I was I was a youth coach there for one season and I, I I really loved to be a coach I really loved to be involved with the training session with, with the kids with the leadership it was really a nice feeling at that moment and I I quit to play uh, because I was playing at the same the same time I quit to play and I, I became a coach. I was very lucky for the, the responsibles of the, that Benfica schools, academies. They loved my job. They liked, they found some, some good qualities in my profile. And then they invited me in the next year to be, to be a coach, to be the real coach, the, the real academy. I was thrilled at the moment. I was delighted, as you can imagine. And it was a really important experience me because at the same time I was in the, in the university studying to be, to be something in sports. So it begins that like that. And yeah, you know, once you start in a coaching life, you will never quit. You want to be more and more and more and more. And that, 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 that's what it, it was with me. And of course, someone like yourself that's had, you know, experience coaching across every level, so to speak, um, over 20 years now at this stage. How would you describe the art of coaching if you were to define it? 
uh, I didn't listen. Sorry, Connor. I yeah. Didn't listen to the question. Sorry. Can you repeat, please? Yeah, of course. The art of coaching. You, you know, someone who's coached Joe. You've coached under sixes. You've coached in schools. You've coached youth teams, reserve teams, first teams. You've been an assistant manager, a first team manager. I mean, how would you describe coaching as a process? Yes, it, it, it was really a journey till now. I, I started so early. I'm, I'm 41 years old. I started at the age of 20, almost 20, not 20, almost 20. More than 20 years coaching throughout all the age groups, like you said. And I, I think one of the one of the advantages of being a coach throughout all the age groups, all the experience I had, I think the main the main advantage was uh, I had time to, to build my, my own philosophy. I had time to build my own methodology, my my ideas. That ideas and that philosophy became more solid throughout the years. Now, now I feel that I have my convictions based on solid pillars, solid foundations. Because I had the time to not invest only knowledge, because as a coach, we need to invest a lot of our time in knowledge, research, knowledge, everything connected with the theory. But I think and I feel that the most important experience I had, the most important scenarios I had to, to learn, to be more convinced about my ideas, my philosophy, was the experience in the practical experience. And I, I was very lucky throughout those, those more than 21 years because, look, um, I, I came from the theory, the theory I learned from the university background, but I, I had the opportunity to, to apply at the same time uh, in, in, on the field with, with kids and not kids that they need uh, they need that they are so they need to, to learn so many things they, they, they were very very talented kids like in Benfica so you applied your knowledge on the talent on talented kids and at the same time this this process in parallel <clears throat> they helped me to, to be a more solid coach uh, my ideas now are solid of course we need to constantly improve constantly uh, try to to reformulate our ideas and to reflect on our ideas, but in terms of foundations, what I am, in terms of leadership, in terms of coaching methods, in terms of philosophy, in terms of mentality, I have my foundations very clear and that they are strong and convinced about it. But the importance of being a coach throughout all the age groups, I think it's, you, you know better the human qualities of everyone. You know how you should behave and how you should lead a kid um, of 14 years old, 10 years old, 16 years old, then senior level, and then eight years old. And you became more, I think you became more complete. And you, you will understand how it works, the connection between you as a coach, the player, as players. So then this connection is, is, is key. It can be can be the best coach ever on the pitch. You can have the most important ideas in terms of game model and everything. But if you don't have the right communication, you 
between you and the players, it will become more difficult for you to have success coaching-wise. So I think one of the things I, I, I want most, mostly, mainly those age, those years, uh, coaching all the age groups was the, the connection and the, I think the knowledge about how you should behave with all age groups and the link between, uh, because it's different when you coach under 70 or under 40, and when you coach senior level, it's different. But there are some connections between the, between those ages, and you know there are some bridges between the the, the different age groups because uh, all all of them. One of the conclusions I have, what, what, all of them, if you look at a boy 14 years old, or you look at experience play like 32, 32, like Pacquiao when I met Monaco, um, the bridge between those age groups are. You should be prepared as a coach. Technically, you should understand about the game. You should understand what, about what you are talking about. Uh, you should be very clear in your message to be effective as a coach. If not, even a boy with 14 years old, you, you, he will understand that you are not prepared to be his coach, to make some impact on him and to make him and believe on you. The same at the senior level. In, with an experienced player. So the conclusion is you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared in terms of knowledge, in terms of technically knowledge about our, our, our coaching life, but you should know as, as well, communicate well. And throughout this age group, since I started, was the two main conclusions I had. Yeah, and you obviously put in the work, I mean, coaching all those different age groups, but what's a unique story about you, Joe, is uh, one that I heard quite a while back. At the age of 27, you became the assistant coach at uh, the first team at Benfica for quite a short period of time, where you were working with players such as Angel Di Maria, Rui Costa, Nuno Gomez, Luis Sau. I mean, what an incredible experience for a young coach, but your time there, the brief period of time you spent in as assistant to all, all those amazing players. I mean, how did that inform you when you went back into working in youth development? Did it change you? Did it make you change your methodology? Did it inform you better? Yes, yeah, a brilliant question. And yeah, it makes sense. All, it makes all the sense, that question. Because, yeah, it was really a, a very acting experience in my life my life as a person and in my life as a coach. Uh, and I think it was the key moment of my career because at the age of 27, when you face the possibility to coach players like Rui Costa, uh, like Bruno Gomes, like Di Maria, like so many stars in football, you know that uh, something, something, you are something because that kind of opportunity uh, doesn't happen to anyone, to everyone. You have something for for people to to make you a coach of those those guys and at that that quality. And it was really important for me to know that for my confidence as a coach, for my coach confidence, it was really important. And at the age of twenty seven, when they called me, I remember the day they called me. Hey, you need because I was the under nineteen assistant coach. There were no reserve team between. The under 19 and the senior level was right away 
the, the senior level after the, the 90s. And uh, they called me, and I was the assistant coach. And I had, at that moment, a very important role on, on the staff. And, but they called me and they said, hey, look, tomorrow you need to join the first team. Because we are rebuilding the staff, the, the manager uh, resigned. resigned. We, we are building a, a staff to, to be there, to, to, to improve the squad and to have results. So we, we count on you. I was, oh, wow. The first feeling was, wow, amazing. Uh, joined the first team, amazing. But at the same time, I felt the responsibility to be there. And I asked myself at that moment if I were prepared. I, I remember to, 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 to ask myself, I'm ready to, to be there and I'm ready to face and to deal with those guys. Uh, and mainly because the, the manager was a former player of Benfica, Shalana. He's a brilliant guy, an amazing guy, was one of the best players ever in Portugal. But uh, in terms of coaching, he wasn't so active. He delegates the, the tasks to, the, to their assistants. To their assistants. And uh, I, I knew that I will, be, I will have a, a very active role on, on the staff. So the question I, I, I did to myself was, uh, I'm ready to be there, to, to coach, to lead guys like Rui Costa, like Nuno Gomes, like Di Maria, like Luiz Yes, if I'm ready, I, I will go. And, uh, I, I, I felt yes, yes, I'm, I'm ready because I'm, I'm here since seven years, seven years ago. Uh, I became from Benfica school coach to under 19 assistant coach uh, in seven years. It was really, really hard to do it because in Benfica it's very hard to, to go through the age groups. There are the, comp the competitiveness is huge, as you can imagine, here in Portugal to be coach of Benfica Sporting and Porto. Uh, and I said, yes, yes, I'm ready. And in, in the first session, I remember I, I had the, the task to lead all the, all the sessions. And I, I, was, I, I was in a position to, to lead all the sessions, all the exercises, create exercises, lead the exercises, and feedback on the players, correct the players. And after the first session, I felt, wow, what an experience. I'm, I'm ready to do this. I'm very, very ready. And when it finished, uh, it was a frustrating, frustrating feeling because they, they told me that the new coach, the new manager, Iget Flores, was in Watford, was in Valencia. Um, he will bring all the staff with him. With him. So uh, you need to go back in 19 as assistant coach. Uh, yeah, that's the reality. It was very frustrating for, my, for me because I was ready for the, for the job. I thought at that moment, but the, I think the, the situation to go back again and the frustration, frustrating feelings uh, and the, the, the way I, I try to step forward this kind of frustration, like the way I, I lift up myself again and uh, I bet more investment, and I said to myself, look, I need to go there again. I, I, I'm ready to go, and I need to go. But probably uh, this is a this is a, only a stage. This is a one stage of my journey. I have only eight years in the coaching 
career. I need more to be here. I need more. And it was my feeling at the moment. But it was really, really hard for me to deal with those, that frustration in the first month. But after that, I, I became more strong. I became more, I think I became more focused on invest on, on knowledge, invest on experience. Because, yeah, to be first team assistant coach at that level, basically level, at the age of 27, with only seven years in the coaching career, I think it wasn't enough. It's, it's not enough. It's not, it's not enough because at some point you will feel like you need more, you need something more. You need something more in everything. Knowledge, in terms of technical knowledge, methodology, in terms of leadership, in terms of experiences, in terms of impact you need to make on your players. And yeah, it was, I think it was the turning point in my coaching life. First, because it was an amazing experience. And then because of, um, I, need, I needed more experiences, more, um, more, I think, more investment on knowledge to be ready to the first level. Like I was then there, uh, then in Monaco after, I don't know, but 12 years after. It's an amazing trajectory that you spoke about going from the Benfica schools to rising to first team coach at 27. But obviously you speak about frustrations, but you've channeled that energy, all that frustration in the right manner, Joe, because you soon became responsible for part of the continued success of the Benfica Youth Academy, which has produced some top, top players over the years. Now, what I'm curious about is the inside of the Benfica campus. What was it like working within an environment where you have the analytics, the coaches and the sports science all working together harmoniously? Yeah, it was yeah, it was really, really good for me. It was in terms of my coaching profile, in terms of my yeah, uh, coach profile. Um, I think it was really, really important. As I said to you before, I was in, in I started in Benfica uh, when, when, and I, I will go back in days and try to explain you better because uh, I was in first in Benfica schools and, the, and then in the year after, the coordinator of Benfica Academy, the real academy, uh, who have players competing with us here in Portugal. We compete since the nine years old. There are some formal competitions for nine years old, first regional in Lisbon, uh, they compete. Formal competitions like you have Leeds, the same, the same competition at Leeds. And you, you start at, in, at the age of nine, and then you go throughout the, the senior level. So, and the, the real Benfica Academy, um, they needed one coach, one assistant coach. And one year after I was in Benfica schools, there are no competitions, just learning, learning process, learning, um, learning session, learning, yeah, learning stages, no competition. And the year after, the coordinator called me, said, look, are you ready to be our assistant coach in Benfica Academy? We need an assistant coach for the under 12. And the coordinator of Benfica schools, they said to me, you, you have the right profile to be here. And I said, wow, yeah, of course I, I need to go. Yeah, yes, I'm ready to go, of course. And then, at that moment, I quit playing. I was I was amateur player. Uh, I quit playing, and I, I went. I was well. This is 
the Disneyland for me, the, the coaches Disneyland for me, you can understand it. And yeah, and I was the coach of, assistant coach of the under 12 and under 11 at the same time, two age groups. Uh, and then, yeah, at that moment, Benfica was in a transition cycle. Uh, they, they, they were in a, Benfica were in a rebuilding process of the youth development. As you know, Benfica is a big club, massive club in Portugal. The best, the, I think the major club in Portugal. You know, you have Sporting Lisbon, Porto the same. Uh, Benfica is a, is a massive club. The culture of youth, youth development Benfica is huge as well because a lot of players came from the youth like Rui Costa, as you know, now he's the president of, of the club. Rui Costa, who a lot of Chalana. In terms of youth, Benfica always developed good players. But we were in a different era. We, we, we needed some different culture around the youth development. And Benfica was in the rebuilding cycle, the transition cycle. And I, I belong to that transition. I, I, I was one of the... The, the parts of this transition rebuilding, and I, I was privileged to be to be there at, at that moment because look, uh, we needed new facilities, we needed new coaches, we needed new philosophy, we needed new culture, and I was in that moment, and I participate actively in that moment. And it was very very important for me to to give some insight, to give uh, some inputs to, to new methodologies, to give some inputs on a different uh, kind of uh, development and to build a new culture. And I think that was, I think that was the, main, the main foundation of my coaching, uh, coaching career was because I, I was there. I, I, I was there participating, not just only coaching to, to have some insights from, from the coordinators. Of, no, at the moment it was really important because the coordinators they, they, they wanted the coaches to give some feedback and some insight. And I think um, that, that kind of process uh, helped me to be a better coach and more prepared for the responsibility. Because I remember I went to some academies abroad. I, I went to Barcelona one, one week. I was there for a week. When I was in Barcelona, it was really an amazing experience because I had some convictions at the time. I was, at the time, I think I was under 19, 19 assistant coach. And I already had some conviction, but when I went to Barcelona uh, Academy, it was impressive because uh, one of the conclusions I had, you know, I think you know better than me, uh, the Barcelona culture, uh, they, they can they can have some simple ideas when at the same time the other clubs have complex ideas and not clear messages. And Barcelona is, is simple because they, they created simple ideas and they, they, they go on simple ideas, the, the same ideas and they go on to the one and they want to improve those simple ideas. So it, it, the more difficult thing, the more hard thing to do is to have simple ideas to apply these ideas the same way to be to, to have more good players to have teams more prepared blah, blah, blah. so I think it was an impacting experience in me 
I, w- I went much of the city as well for a study visit. I went to Ukraine. I went to uh, Germany. I went to so many academies and because of uh, we needed basically different uh, different path, a different path we would develop because we, we were in the recycle. We were in the cycle cycle. So we it was really, really nice to, to participate actively in, in, this, in this process. And I think I became more responsible uh, in terms of what I represent as a coach, but as well in terms of my role, because a coach is not only a coach, you know, you know what I'm, what I'm saying. A coach is not only a coach. You, your role doesn't finish when you start the session and you finish the session. Your role is much more than that. And uh, I think I was, or I was lucky to, to participate actively in this process because make me more prepared coach for the reality. It's amazing insight into your job, Joe. And I suppose it's all very well and good to have ideas, as you spoke about. But in reality, it's all about execution and applying those ideas. And if we were to speak about player development, I mean, your main job at Benfica was to produce players for the first team. But, you know, you hear some coaches describe youth development as if you're planting a seed you will never see the tree grow. But at Benfica, you know, over the years, there was an illustrious set of names produced from the academy. You know, as academy manager and one of the prominent coaches there, how did you manage those expectations? Yes, it's it's really hard to manage expectations on a boy that plays for a big club as Benfica. You know, it's not only him. All of people around him, you need to manage. You know the connection, the, the, the direct connection between you and the, the player, you and the, and the youngster. But you know that the message should be across a lot of people around him, like parents, uh, agents, friends, teachers, everyone linked with, with the player. So the expectations are huge. And you, you sometimes you, you, you face the situation that you are only you are the uh, only person to say no to a player to, to say no no you are not right you need to, to do this and you need to correct this because everyone around they used to say yes yeah you are the great yes you are doing well you are not playing because the coach doesn't bet on you uh, uh, but you are the only guy you are the only man that you are only men or girl of course but you are the only person that you you can say no and you should say no because expectations are so high and everything is pink. Everything will be easy for them because they are playing for Benfica. They wear good clothes. They have money to spend. And you know, the, if you go to other realities like in England, the, the wages in youth development for the big clubs are absolutely crazy. They, they have salary much better than the most part of the leagues, first league, senior level in Europe. So it's crazy. They, they, they are in the position that they can do everything with money. The, the, the way is very easy for them. They think it's very easy, but the reality is not that. And we as a coaches, we need to, because we, 
when you see the picture of a player, when I see the picture of his way, of his path, we see reality. We can see reality because we, we have some indicators that provide us the capacity to, to understand where could the level into the shift. But for them, it's not the same picture. The, the picture is too abstract. And when we try to, to say that, to say to them, look, uh, you need to work more, you need to do this more, and you, you need to correct this, this, this. For them, sometimes it's not easy to accept because the picture is not so clear and it's so abstract. Sometimes the advice that we, we give to them to say, look, probably you should um, not, you should save money, you should not spend money on stupid things, you should behave better. You should because you should have your haircut well because this kind of details we know that when you achieve the first team they will uh, question everything if you have long hairs and uh, because we know some examples in europe coaches first team coaches they say to them look we need to have a, a, a simple haircut not extravagant haircut because those kind of details could spoil your um yeah, the way you, you you go to the first team, some details. But I, I'll just give some examples because for us as a coach, we know we know that these these kind of things are important. But for them, they are not. This this is a simple example to understand. But if you look at the in terms of what is what is the, their technically technically process, the way they need to uh, learn the principles of the the knowledge of the game, the, the way they should uh, behave on the pitch, fashion, exercise, the game, the intensity they need to put in, uh, they everything is the same. It, it are in the same, in the same level. And the expectations are so high. Sometimes it's hard for the for the coaches to, to deal with those situations. What I can say about it is that. You need to be demand. You need to, to be. You need to depend on your own philosophy. You don't need to depend on them. You know what I mean. Depend on them. If you want to, if you want to to be the best friend of them, you cannot do what what they want because they are used to have um, people around them to say yes, you are the great. Da, 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 da. You, you need to be yourself and you need to, to be the best friend of these players with so many expectations, so high expectations. You need to be the, their best friends. You need to be demanding and you need to understand clearly what they should do on the sessions, on the competition, uh, socially, everything. And you need to be dependent on your ideas, your academy ideas or your club ideas, not on them because you will be not their best friends. Best friend, you should help them to know the right way to follow. And even if they follow the right path, probably they they not they cannot achieve the first team level. They cannot achieve the best level they, they want because it's not easy to, to be a professional player in senior level in the best level. You know that. So I think that that's that's the real challenge for a coach, for a youth coach, to, to face these kind of expectations. How I faced these expectations was I, I was 
truly um, uh, me. I was truly me. I was was saying every 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 time the truth to the players. Do not give more expectations that they have. Try to low expectations. Try to put them on the reality scenario, not in imagine scenario. Uh, and I think it was. I think it, I was. Fair enough to them, because now uh, it's easy to say, okay, you coach John Felix, you coach Renato Sanchez, you coach um, so many players, as you know, so many talents, Ruben Diaz, Cancelo. But when you say those names, it's easy to say, yes, I, I faced these kind of challenges, but um, I, 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 I was true to myself and I helped them. There. But those boys is easy to speak, to speak about, but the most part of the boys they didn't achieve the level enough to to live in the football world. Uh, they are not playing. Some, some some of them they are not playing at the moment. I think that that's the that's the, the part you should reflect on. And I'm happy as a coach to to be to have friends. Now they are friends of. This part of players, they, are, they didn't achieve the, the right level to play and to live for football. Uh, because they recognized that I was true, that I, I said the truth and I helped them and I gave them the same opportunity that I gave to the others. I, I created an inclusive environment for everyone, but for some reason they, they could not achieve. And at that moment, probably, I, I was not their best friend because they, they heard from me the truth. The truth, but now they recognize that I was, I was, I was right. I helped them the same way I helped everyone, but for some reason they, they could not achieve. And that's the thing I, I reflect on, and that's the thing that makes me happy uh, more than everything. Uh, is the players they did achieve, they recognized me. I was uh, a good coach for them in terms of uh, demanding expectations. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it all points to no matter whether you're at Benfica or at a grassroots club, it's all about the relationships you, you have with not only the players, but the parents, with everybody else, the support network around that player. But to play devil's advocate, I suppose, you did give a quote before speaking about sometimes why players don't make it through an academy. And um, you spoke about youth development lacking context at times when environments are upheld to standards of high perfectionism. I mean, in your own opinion, having been through it at Benfica so thoroughly, how soon should an academy seek to pref seek to professionalize? It depends. Uh, I, I understand the question, but I think it depends. I think um, every individual is an individual. Everyone has some different um, needs. I think you should you should professionalize when you need to professionalize. I think the academy, the standards of the academy, should be adapted to the culture of the academy, but as well to the the person, the, the people are there, the people who are there, the boys who are there. Sometimes we want to professionalize boys that they are not ready to to even to. To play for a, a, a good club, play for to compete against the same level, they are, is not ready because in terms of 
maturation, not, not ready to do that. You need to look at this boy and you need to give them, to give him some different uh, challenges, stimulus for him to grow up. And you need to have time, you need to give time to him. And I, I understand this, this, this academy's um, needs. They need to, to have players at the age of 16, 17, 18 prepared to play for the first team because the results will be will be amazing. If they can put a 17 player, 17, 18 player the first team playing, probably they will earn some money one year or two years because it's not usual to have 17 players playing for the first team. You know how, how, how this industry works. And the pressure on the academy academies to prepare players earlier to play the first team, I think it, now it's becoming more, uh, more complex. And I believe that you should go step by step. The growth should be step by step. And this step by step process it will depend on the players, on the boys. Should not depend on uh, only on our uh, plan. You, you should plan, but you should, this plan should be adaptable to the boys you have. And you know that sometimes you have boys, uh, 14-age, 14 they, they are not ready to compete for the 14 or 15-age group. Because they need to understand more the game, they need to have more contacts with the ball, they need to understand more how they play off the ball. So it will depend mainly on the boys you have. You should plan, of course, these stages should be planned, but should be adaptable. And when you want to I think speed up, speed up age age groups, and you want to put players uh, up quickly, more quickly then they are ready to do it. And the stimulus is not adequate to this player. Probably you will lose this player. You will lose this boy. And the frustration will be so hard for him and probably will quit. This is a problem we face here in Portugal, academies, everywhere. But is a, I think it's a problem. You have crossed all the... Europe at the moment because we want to speed up stages and the stages should be adapted to the boys, should be adapted to their needs. And we need time to develop players, we need time. And we need to be and we need to have solid processes, solid processes, not processes that should fall quickly. So I believe that the, the academies now have the pressure to put players more quick on the first team and to professionalize academies. I think professionalized, it means that the coaches should be professional. Uh, coaches, of course, should be. Even when you when you think about under 9, under 10, under 12 coaches, they need to be professional because if they have, if they invest on this career, they will be the best coaches for those boys. And sometimes you have an intern or you have a part-time job or you have some unexperienced coach this level, probably if you have, if you don't have uh, the coordinator prepared to 
to coach those coaches, to lead those coaches, probably you will will lose a lot of voice. Talent. I should. I think that all the uh, academies not realistic because we need money to do that. But the most part of the academies should have coaches, professional coaches, or coaches who uh, have coordinated uh, above them, prepared to coach the coaches. This yeah. is not only for the coaches to protect coaches, mainly to protect the talent, protect the, the boys to, to have a good, uh, the right development the right path to, to, to be players or to be good human beings. Of course, I think that's a wonderful answer and it provides context to the wider support network for a player at a given club. What I want to zoom in and focus on now, Joe, is uh, methodology, which I know you have a very keen interest in. I know you're an avid proponent of small-sided games within your methodology. Um, could you elaborate a bit upon that and tell us why? Yes, I'm, 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 I'm a big defender of uh, small games, conditioning games, because, you know, I think when we, when we think about planning, when you think about periodization, uh, a massive um, believer on tactical periodization, uh, what does it mean? It's, tactical periodization allows me as a coach uh, to have solid process. And solid process for me means that you, in, in, in one hand, you have your idea. You have the idea of the game. It depends on your philosophy. It depends on your beliefs. It depends on how you feel comfortable to, to coach your team and to see your team performing. And in the other hand, you have the methodology. You should adapt to, to make them be connected create an identity. And for me, this means tactical utilization. First, you should have an idea uh, with, uh, based on principles, based on your beliefs, based on your, uh, the way you, you want to see the game. And on the other hand, you should have the method, the right methodology to, to, to do that. Because if you only have one, or only have another, probably you will not have an identity playing being a team, of being a culture. And I think that when, when you have the, the right principles to, for players to play, for players to, to play, you should train this way. And you should have a plan to make them understand the way you want to play, the way you want to learn and to teach your, your actions, your behaviors, your connections the synchronization between the team, the individual development. And when you think about this, the best exercise, the best tools we have to develop the way we want to play is to have exercises, uh, a complete, I, 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 use, I used to call complete exercise. Complete exercise are when you have a transition moment, so when you lose the ball, what you should do, or when you regain the ball, what you should do, you should have a goal, could be a line, could be a small goal, could be a goal, could be a teammate, could be some coach, could be everything. And you should have, of course, opposition. Opposition. These, these three elements, uh, if you think, are always present on the game. Because when you play, you always have transition moments. When you regain the ball, what you should do? 
I should keep the ball, I should pass, I should pass forward, I should pass backward, I should uh, play long, I should play short. What I, sh what I should do? Or when you lose the ball, what I should do? I, I should press, or I should stay, I should go back. So in terms of behaviors, for me it's important players to understand what they should do on the game. And transition moments, opposition, opposition why? Because you should create exercises for the players to be creative, to reinvent action, and to apply the principles you have. Like, okay, give an example. Principle, if you lose the ball, if you want to counter-press, what we should do as a team? One principle associated to this macro principle that is counter-pressing is, okay, you should go quickly on the ball, keeper. You should go, we should have two or three players around the ball keeper. This is a principle. And if you are playing an exercise, if you lose the ball, this principle you should do every every time. Go three on the ball or two on the ball weekly to make the goalkeeper feel uncomfortable and to play back or we recover the ball or something like that. And when you put opposition in an exercise, you know that you will uh, make players apply the principles. You will provide players to be creative, they will reinvent the action. And third, you will, of course, develop the decision-making. They, they need to make decisions. Sometimes you are so far, and you are so far from the goalkeeper, probably you need to communicate to your player closest to the ball to be in to go press, and you should go for, um, for the three players around the ball, or, or to be close to them, or to be compact. This kind of messages, the, the exercises give to the players, I think will develop, of course, better decision making, better understanding of principles. And on the other hand, I, I believe that in terms of physical intensity, they will feel more motivated to play with the direction, to play with opposition, to play with transition, because they will play, they are playing, they are playing. And for the players playing is different. If you have a patternized, uh, a standardized or patterns, or you need to do this, 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 and this, they feel like robots and they are not fully motivated to do that. And when they are playing, they are more motivated. Of course, is a little bit more deep than this that I said, but generally, I believe that in terms of decision making, creative, uh, creativeness, and probably, I believe, in terms of Physically, output intensity, the aggressiveness uh, is a little. The values are a little bit more higher because they are much more motivated to play than to have patternized movement, something like something like that. So, I'm a strong believer that the small-sided game and the condition games mainly help us to, to achieve um, the way we want to play. They, they will provide us the a better learning process of the way of playing we want to apply it in our team. And as I am a believer of tactical organization, and I have an idea, I have my principles structure built, and I want to uh, apply this, those principles to my team, uh, I think that if you, play, if you create exercises that they are playing, they are conditioned to what you want, to apply the principles, I think you are more uh, close make them learn better the way you want to play. 
wonderful insight. And you know what, underpinning it all, it's a holistic player development philosophy. And at Benfica, it seems to produce quite individualistic and different profiles of players that are both creative and very autonomous in their decision-making. And if we look at the players Benfica have recently produced, such as your Ruben Diaz's, Joe Cancelo's, Joe Felix, there are three very different types of players. I mean, it's just curious. I'm curious to learn more as to do you, how do you believe Benfica continues to produce so many different types of profile of player? It's not just one prototype, is it, Joe? Yes, that's it. Uh, one of the conclusions that we have when we are when we were in the rebuilding our academy methodologies, philosophy was how we can how we can manage the big gap between the youth development and the first team level. And this I think this is the main challenge for us. Uh, and when you uh, include or when you have the, the main conclusion of this challenge, I think it will help to plan from bottom, uh, from top to the bottom. So you need to plan starting from the top because we need to know what is your finishing point. And, and from then you, need, you should plan everything below. And one of the conclusions we had was, okay, to play for Benfica, to play for first team, we need to have first winning mentality players. They need to have winning mentality. They need to go there and always competing to be the best players on the session, on the friendly games, on the competition games, Champions League games, league games, everywhere. But mainly they should go and the first impact they will make, they will make to the to the coaches, to the first team coaches, to the their teammates, first teammates, teammates, is the way they behave on session. Because they will not be called to play. They will be called to train first. So they need to be ready to, to make some impact on the structure, on the first instruction. So this is one of our main conclusions. The second one was we cannot prepare strikers to, to, to play the last line or just to go deep make runs uh, deep, uh, we need to prepare uh, players, complete uh, complete players for the first team. Because today, the coach, the first team coach or the first team manager wants players to go deep, to run deep as a striker. But tomorrow, could come another coach, another manager to want that the player want to go in half spaces to receive the ball and to link the game. Huh? So, we cannot specialize so much our players because we don't know how the manager at that moment wants the players to play. So we should make them understand a lot of a lot of behaviors connected to the position, to the striker position. They should know how to go come in half spaces to receive the ball, and they should know how they go run. They need to be more completed, like John Cancelo. I can give you an example of John Cancelo. Uh, João, with me, in two years I coached him. He, he went from left back to right back 
to full, to uh, wing back, to uh, winger, to midfielder, to number six, number eight. He played in all the positions because he was so talented. And if he knew all the positions on, on the pitch, they will be much more prepared to play where the coach needed for him to play. And I, I'm, I feel very happy for him because he's, he's an amazing, talented player. Mm. I love him as a person and as a player. And I'm very happy uh, to see a top manager like Pep Guardiola using him as a midfielder sometimes. As a left back, he plays on the middle because he's ready to play there. He knows the, he knows the game. He, he understands how to play in inside zones as he plays in outside zones. He understands that because in our development, not only in the two years I coached him, in all the development, he played in, in the different positions. He plays inside, he plays outside. Sometimes the coach asks him as a fullback to play in inside zones when they when he achieved the third uh, the last third of the pitch he, he, he understand how to play outside and inside so this is uh, very good insight for us it's a good indicator for us to to develop players to help players to not specialize in a, in a position or in a role because when you achieve the first team level, the manager will ask you different things. And I think that's one of our main advantages as a as an academy development. We have to to promote good players. And I remember Ruben Dias, as you said, Ruben Dias, uh, he improved a lot. He, the, he was he had an a, a amazing improvement since he was 14 until now. He, he became, in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the world at the moment. At the age of 24, I think, 23, yeah, 24, he's one of the best defenders in the world. Uh, national team of Portugal, uh, Manchester City, crazy, crazy level. And he improved a lot because of first winning mentality. In terms of winning mentality, he's top class. No not easy to find someone like him and in terms of game knowledge he went he played different positions at the pitch even in the 19th level he played on left back uh, right back he plays as center back plays as number six and uh, he had some difficulties but he, he, he went through and he worked to understand different positions on the pitch now he's ready to play for the Level. Of course, it's a little bit more deep than that, but I think one of our advantages as an academy was not specialized players. I remember other example like John Felix. John Felix played as a forward, number nine, as a 10, as an eight, as a seven in winger, as a winger, even in the ninth level. So we didn't specialize, we didn't give them, because one of the problems of coaching, and I can tell you, Connor. And you understand sometimes coaches want the youth coach want youth development coaches want to to have results for themselves and they think that the process uh, is for themselves we want to specialize this player because i want to 
to think I'm doing the right thing for this player. And we, we don't think about the player. We think about us as coaches. And if we think about the player, we should give the, the, the enough tools for them to, to be in the reality, to play in the reality. And the reality, first team level, you know. Even if you are a Manchester City player, first team Manchester City player, you know that sometimes could be Pep now, but tomorrow could be another coach and the philosophy will change. And the, the things the new coach will ask for the players is different from the, the coach there. So, and we need to prepare players for everywhere, not only for one way of playing. And of course, we have our, our path, we have our methodologies, we have our idea, but it's an open idea enough for the players to play everywhere, not closed. We, we don't close our idea for players to play that, that idea only. We open enough for players are ready to play for all the realities. I think it was one of the best things we, we did in the mm -hmm. academy back in the day. If it's good enough for those three players, Joe, it's good enough for most players out there, especially at a young age. But just getting back to the story of Cancelo, I mean, it's just simple. There's simple rules regarding skill acquisition, you know, being exposed to a number of different situations, positions and drills and exercises. And speaking of Cancelo adapting to a new position, um, you soon left Benfica after 18 years to join up with Thierry Henry at Monaco as assistant manager. How did that opportunity come about? Yeah, it was really an amazing opportunity because uh, I went to went to Wales to, for my coaching badges, for, for my coaching to have my UEFA license at that moment. I, I, I found Wales because uh, I wanted to challenge myself. Uh, I was okay in Portugal. I, I knew I, I knew at the time a lot of people uh, linked with coach education. I I felt that I needed to, to a different challenge for me, uh, an English uh, more detailed lingo um, to for me to understand. Uh, I needed to improve my English as well. I need to know other people around the world because uh, I went a lot of time, like I told you uh, before, I went to a lot of academies abroad. It was really uh, impacting on me. They, they had a massive impact on me, my philosophy, my way of seeing things, uh, to build my foundations, became more solid. And uh, I knew that if I challenge myself to go abroad, to take my coaching badges, Will be will be important in my career, and I decided after the after the UEFA B license here in Lisbon, I decided to apply for for Wales. I had an advice for my for a friend. I have Wales, the coach, the coach, and he said to me, "Look, Wales is an amazing amazing federation to, to, for you to for." learn and they are ready they are prepared they have very good methodologies very good people and yes and i applied i was lucky to, to be accepted it was 
really good to be there for the UEFA license. I met a lot of good people like first Ogin uh, Roberts, the coordinator at that time. He's an amazing person. He had a massive influence on me in terms of coaching, in terms of person as well. He's a very good friend. I'm, fortunately, I, I, I met him. And uh, I, I met a lot of people like Patrick Vieira, Sol Campo, Pepin Linders, so many, so many good friends I made that they, they mainly helped me to see, uh, to open my, my vision, uh, to see more things, to, to learn about their experiences, their knowledges. It was really, really, really nice. So after that, I went for the web for license there as well. And I met Gary. It was really, really easy to, to connect with him. Really easy. We, we found uh, a lot of bridges between us in terms of personal things, in terms of uh, technical things, uh, football philosophies. And I was thrilled when I met him. I was delighted to meet him because every time we, we, we talked, it was really easy to be there for one hour, two hours, three hours. It was easy. And the time was running so, so fast because it was very nice to talk with him about football, the knowledge, the experiences, uh, his leadership qualities, his winning mentality in terms of uh, how we see football, and his human qualities were, were amazing. And I felt uh, easy connection between me and him. Uh, we, we talked about football so many hours. I was really impressed about his, his qualities. And uh, yeah, he, he saw something uh, in particular in me that knew that I could help in this challenge, Monaco challenge, and he called me. I was I was delighted. I was yeah, crazy feeling when he called me to be the assistant. And yeah, I accepted it was easy to accept because first of him, I wanted to help him in some way. At some point, I, I, at that time, I, I believed, and I believe now, he will be one of the best coaches in the world because of his qualities. Uh, I think he's in the right track to be to be one of the best coaches. Uh, and second, because challenge myself as well. And the same feeling I had when I was 27 years old when Benfica called me to be first team assistant was, okay, I'm ready, let's go. Now, at the age of 38, 10 years after, when Gary called me to be his assistant at Monaco, I was in Benfica under 23 team. I was the coach, I was the head coach. Uh, and the question I made myself was, yeah, I need to apply my, my knowledge, my experiences in a different level at the moment. This is the moment. I need to go. Uh, it's not, it, it was not easy to, to leave Benfica after almost 19 years. Uh, coaching was not easy, as you can imagine. But uh, yes, it was the moment. Gary uh, called um, because, first of him, it was really impressive to have his call, to have his call. Uh, and after, because of me, I challenged myself to put me different position, uncomfortable position, uh, 
working abroad, working first in UEFA with Monaco, Champions League, uh, with experienced players. And yeah, it was it was those those two key things that made me leave Benfica and go with Thierry. And after that, when I when when we arrived at Monaco, it was really a very important experience for, for myself. And I was happy to make to make to make that decision. And at 27, of course, you were coaching Luis Sao, Rui Costa, Di Maria. You know, 38, you're back at it in first-team football, coaching the likes of Fabregas, Radamel Falcao, amongst many others. Did you feel when you went to Monaco, when you were coaching these elite players that have won at all, won World Cups, Champions Leagues, and everything there is to name, did you feel the growth in you as a coach? Yes, yes. Really, really, I was, I was, I think I was, I put, I put my, in a position that I, uh, I needed to be ready to face those players, to help those players, to, in some way, to help Falcão to improve, to help Falcão to perform, to Fabregas to perform. And I improved a lot because, and I, I grew a lot with, with them, uh, because they, they have, a different kind of way to see things in football because they have so many years in the business and they they, they they know everything about football. How you can impact on them as a coach, as an assistant coach or as a coach, how can you have some impact on them? You should ask yourself. And I asked myself at the moment, how can I impact them first? Uh, as as a, as a as a staff as a team our teamwork um, behavior we 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 have an, a strategy to, to, to work with those players of course but in terms of myself uh, connection with them was first try to understand their motivation how you motivate a thirty two or thirty three years old that was Champions League winner or all the league winner, uh, international, everything, they won everything. How do you motivate him? And how do you create some impact? First, I believe, and I will back this, this conversation, you should be ready to, in terms of technically knowledge, you should be ready to teach these players, to teach something movement or a timing to make movement or a different behavior or different kind of thing to do uh, you should be ready because you know players will ask you somewhere at some point hey what what I should do in this situation uh, if this happened what I should do this scenario what I should do and if you are not ready to, to answer it in the first moment you will be there. No, 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 no question about that. But if you are ready to to answer and to help them and to make them think, yeah, it's the first step to, to conquer their confidence on you as a coach. And because that's why I believe, even in any role, assistant, head coach, any role, you should be prepared to. to those questions and 
answer this question, you should be you should understand the game. You should understand methodology. You should understand knowledge of the game. You should, you should have a lot of competences uh, around uh, all areas, not tactical areas, technical areas, psychological areas, everything, emotional areas. You should understand everything a little bit in deep about every everything to, to be ready to face this, this experience of players. I mean, we've been speaking for over an hour now, Joe, and it's been absolutely remarkable to uncover your career today and unpack some of your work in response in regards to coaching methodology and developing some of the names you've mentioned over the show. I suppose just to close with a few more questions, I mean, if you had three words to describe yourself as a coach, what would they be and why? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, first, the, the first thing in came to my mind is I think I'm a, a genuine person. I have my my values, my core values as a person, and I I, I am very true to myself. I, I, I will ne I never forget my my values. That's important. So I think straightforward. The, a good work. I'm, I'm very honest with everyone. I, I, I don't depend on external factors. I, I depend on, on the reality. I used to say that if you if you are honest to everyone, uh, you will win. You will win. You will be successful. And I'm a very honest person. So, in terms of the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm, I'm a very genuine person. What I'm what I represent as a person, I'm, I represent as a coach as well. So uh, I'm not an actor. Uh, in some point, I, I, I will. Some someone said to me once that coach is an actor. I understand coach is an actor. Uh, that the center. Sometimes you need to be actors. Sometimes you need to, to, to manage things uh, correctly. Uh, as the coach, I, I don't act. Uh, just perform. The perform I do is the same way I perform life. As a person, I'm the same as a coach. I have the same values. The core values are the same. So I'm a genuine coach. The second word is probably uh, in terms of methodology. I'm obsessed to be perfect. Uh, I, I like to be uh, the best coach ever on the pitch. I prepare myself to be the best coach ever on the pitch. When I say best coach ever, um, I go back on the conversation as well. Uh, I, I like to have my idea, very meticulous. I have my uh, idea very structured, very solid, the way I, I want to see my team playing. But uh, I understand to, to have this, I need to have the right methodology. I'm very detailed. Uh, I'm very obsessed the, the best coach ever. I like to prepare all the exercises. Detail. I'm passionate about creating exercises. I'm very creative. And I like to have the best exercises ever for, for players to make them understand the principles of the way we want to play. So I'm very meticulous, I'm very detailed. The second word is uh, very obsessed on perfection as a coach. I like to have perfection. And the third thing, I'm, I'm very ambitious. I like to be every 
yeah, connected with the, the second. I like to be successful. Uh, I want to achieve the best level ever every 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 time. Um, I'm, I, I have a winning mentality, probably a little bit higher than I should because uh, I want to win every, everything every time. Um, I'm very competitive, so three words I will say that probably will be genuine. I'm a very, I think I'm a very nice person. I believe I am. I have good values to, to relate with, to have good relationship with people. I'm a genuine people. Uh, second, I'm obsessed. I like to have my things well, well done. And I'm very ambitious, I'm very competitive, very, I have a winning mentality. I think it, it came from my education since I was a player on the street when I was a kid. I wanted to win everything because if I don't, probably I will wait hours to play again because we were 100 kids on the street to play. And if I wasn't, I was waiting so much time to play again. So I think I'm, this is what I am as a coach. Uh, I'm, I'm a very... Uh, I think I'm a very true guy. I'm genuine. Uh, I like to, to live for genuine relationships, uh, but as well, I'm very competitive, very obsessed to be deeper. And, you know, you're a coach and you're a person who's done it all. You know, you've coached the elite of the elite World Cup winners, some of today's finest superstars. You've worked at all levels of the game and I mean, your insights into methodology and player development are outstanding. But for those coaches growing up now or that are on a journey that want to embark in a similar pathway such as yourself, what advice would you have for them? I believe, believe in you. Um, I think that could be something you heard everywhere. But uh, in terms of confidence, uh, do not believe in those kind of advices that say, look, this is not for you, probably you should, you should go for the easiest, easiest path because coaching path is not, not easy. And if you listen to this kind of advices, probably you will not achieve the level you want. So the confidence you need to have is, okay, I believe in me, I need to invest, sorry, maybe invest on, on, on knowledge, invest on experiences. I need to connect with Good people around me, people who will help me, uh, and let's go. Let's go for the journey. This is a journey. This is not two, three years. This is a journey. This is a life journey. Coaching is. I think we we are fortunate because this is not a job. It's not a normal job. We do what we like. So this this coaching life is not only about. The second best coaching life is not only about tech, technically things like uh, if we open the social media now, we will see a lot of insights about video analysis, tactical analysis, uh, everything about tactical technical. But coaching is not this only. Coaching is the relationship between people. We need communicate well, we need to be connected to people because our targets are the players. We want to help players to improve, to, to perform. 
So do not only invest on the technical things, uh, tactical things, technical. Invest as well on the emotional things, the relationship things. I think this is very important to be a, co a successful coach. You need to connect well with people. Uh, and the third advice is uh, we need time to do this. We need time to for the journey. Uh, sometimes now I remember back in the days here in Portugal. I don't know how we was in England at the time, but here, back in the days, 30 years old, 30 years ago, uh, we only have two channels to switch: channel one, channel two, and we spend a lot of time to see channel one, and channel two. Today, it's different. We have 300 channels, and if we're not enjoying the conversation, we switch channel. Switch channel, and today we switch. Cell phone doing it two months because there are only there are always a different cell phone. The speed of life now is so many different, and we want everything quick. Every we want quick to be first team manager. We want quickly to be a best club manager, but we need in this journey we need time. Uh, just keep your stages correctly. Go step by step, keep your stage solid, and I, I, I believe you will achieve your Fantastic advice to close. You know what, Joe? The first time we met was in April 2019 at the Football Business and Innovation Summit in London, and you broadened my horizons back then. And certainly today, the conversation we've had, you've certainly opened up my eyes, and I know so many other people are going to get so much value from this conversation. So thanks very much for coming on. Connor, thank you very much. I'm very happy to to see you again. And two, two years after, two years and a half after, I believe. And I hope we, we can meet again soon. And for all the listeners, uh, just let's keep in touch. I hope I can help you in some way to impact your reflections on football. And yeah, Connor, thank you so much. Let's keep in touch.